Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly and co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. America's Heroes Group Roundtable with partner National Coalition of Homeless Veterans. Homeless September is National Suicide Prevention Awareness and National Hispanic Heritage Month. Yes. And uh, <clears throat> we are uh, concerned, of course, about what is going on with this. Mm-hmm. And we are pleased to have our panelists, who is our call-in partner, Doc, Karen Monet, mm-hmm. Chief Executive Officer Mm-hmm. of the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans. Miss yes. Monet, how are you? I'm wonderful. How are you? Good, 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 good. Thank you for joining us. And mm-hmm. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Uh, also, you've got some people with you. Tell us who they are. Ralph Cooper. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so yeah, so Ralph Cooper. Yeah, we have Ralph Cooper, the Community and Residential uh, Veteran Services Coordinator, uh, Cloudbreak Houston, LLC, and co-founder of the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans. So we got some really heavy people on this call right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, and the discussion is about 2020 is National Coalition Homeless Veterans 30th Anniversary. Why don't you start us off, Catherine, and tell us more about this. Yeah. So NCHV was actually officially founded in 1990, and it's our 30th anniversary year. Uh, we're really excited that we've made it to 30 years, and, you know, we've done a lot in our 30 years. Um, I think one of the things that's really interesting, and Mr. Cooper can tell you a little bit more about this in a second, is that we were really founded because of some of the inequities that were existing at the time in terms of veterans experiencing homelessness and being unable to access the level of benefits or resources that they deserved. And I think one of the things that has been true of us as an organization is that we've continued to fight against those disparities and then work to ensure that specific populations of veterans that are still facing those inequities, even though we've seen progress in the broader veteran population, get access to the benefits and services that they need. Yeah. Is there any distinction made between people who are honorably discharged and those who are um, other than honorably discharged, as far as what access they can have if they are homeless, you know, and I, I never thought about that correlation, you know. Uh, but we had a call a caller in before that was talking about the um, other than honorable discharges and how that affects people. And I'm not sure if that's I can, thing. yeah. Mm-hmm. I can respond to that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. uh, one of the this things. This is that that a, pardon. Pardon me. One second. This is Ralph Cooper, right? Yes. Ralph Cooper, Community and Residential Veteran Services Coordinator, Cloudbreak Houston, LLC, and co-founder of the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans. Thank you also, Mr. Cooper, for being with us. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, so <clears throat> so um, one of the things that we did with the uh, grand per diem and the, and the Homeless Veterans Reintegration Program um, the VA itself and the medical portion in order for you to get medical help. If you have uh, other than honorable or if you have bad paper or dishonorable, 
you you wouldn't be able to utilize your benefits as a as a your medical benefit. But what we did in the law uh, for homelessness was other than dishonorable veterans can receive homeless uh, benefits, uh-huh. and um, and because a dishonorable is, is is you know you you may have murdered somebody or it's it's really any type of uh, activity. Interesting. It, it, mm-hmm. it really it really is. So what is being done at this point? In reference to yeah, the homeless, uh, what, yeah. what do they do? Yeah. yeah. Well, um, <clears throat> if you're homeless, you can, there's a, the, the VA has uh, made it understood that if you're homeless, you, you can get access to uh, medical care. And if you're homeless and you're getting, you're getting housed through the grant per diem program, mm-hmm. you, are, uh, you also can, you know, you're not going to be turned away. Uh, you can be housed and mm-hmm. and, and uh, be afforded all the benefits that go along with that legislation for um, grand per diem and uh, homeless veterans reintegration program called HPRP. You know this. So, all- but but also, mm-hmm. you uh, if you do have bad paper, even even all the way up to dishonorable, you can try to get your discharge upgraded. I mean, um, mm-hmm. so because this dishonorable is the only thing you have left that you can do is uh, is vote. Ah, uh, really? Yeah. Wow. You know, there's one thing here that uh, this um, is the year 2020. The year 2020 is National Coalition's Homeless Veterans 30th Anniversary. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. Yeah. So wow, that that started before the uh, Gulf War, even, huh? That was uh, <laughs> back in the nineties. Yes. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Catherine is on, and mm-hmm. she has done a marvelous job. We working with our uh, conference, which is virtual, and um, I think there's still some time for folks to uh, to look in on it. Catherine, do you want to kind of bring that up to date? Yeah, absolutely. So we are right in the midst of our 2020 annual conference. Uh, We normally host an in-person conference the week of Memorial Day, but this year we were not able to do that. So we are right in the middle of our virtual conference. It started on Monday, and there's still another week. But folks can actually, if people are interested in learning more and seeing what workshops are available or coming in and joining us by registering, you can go to www.nchv2020.com to check out the content. Uh, there are a lot of workshops that we've had on affordable housing development, on the labor market. Uh, we're having a few on specific subpopulations of veterans this week, and then a bunch on local innovations that are worth um, disseminating on a national level. Fantastic. Yeah, where, where, where is that, Karen? Mm-hmm. So it's all online. It's virtual. So if right. you go to okay. www.nchv2020.com, you can look at the schedule. You can see if you want to register, and you can learn more about the event. Fantastic, yeah. yeah th- th- Plus, if you do register, you can <clears throat> also see uh, past events. Is that correct, Karen? 
Yes, so that's actually true. All of the sessions are recorded, so even if you're coming in and registering after the event has started, you're able to go back and view all of the workshops that have already happened. That's fantastic. That's yeah, a great, great resource. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, but you know, there's one thing about the HUD's proposed rule to rescind equal access rule. Um, the you know, and the proposed changes will get rid of uh, the ban on discrimination against transgender and non-binary people in HUD-funded shelter and housing programs. Can you explain a little bit more about that? What what is going on with that particular rule? Yeah, so I, we're happy to explain, and I think this is really an extension of you know, our passionate NCHV to make sure that no group of veterans gets left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what we know, at least from the little VA research that has been done on transgender veterans, is that 20% of the transgender veterans seeking health care at VA face housing stability. Uh, they're most likely to use specific programs like HCHV, SSVF, and HUDVASH, and the types of programs that wouldn't necessarily put them in a congregate housing setting. Um, we also have found, or VA has found, not we, but <laughs> VA has found that, you know, this group of veterans in particular, about 25% of them avoided shelter for fear of mistreatment by mm. shelter providers and staff just because people discriminate against transgender Americans generally. And so one of the things that HUD did in, I believe it was 2016, was went and put a regulation in place that basically said that any shelter provider or housing provider receiving HUD funding must serve people in the manner in which they request service without questioning them. So there shouldn't be any requirements that they, you know, document that their gender now is the gender that they were born with, or there shouldn't be any undue restrictions on them in order to access shelter or housing. And HUD is actually now trying to roll back some of those rules and allow certain providers to say that as long as they've made what they're calling a good faith determination, they can turn people away if they don't meet or if they're not a part of the population that the service provider would like to serve. Boy, that, that and that's remi- hugely problematic. That, that reminds me of redlining and uh, you know uh, racial housing discrimination. It sounds like we're going backwards in time. And uh, uh, this, yeah. is, this is just mm-hmm. uh, absolutely horrendous. <laughs> that's happening it is and one of the things that people can do and i'm hoping that people are as horrified by this as you and i are Mm -hmm. but one of the interesting things that you can do is you can actually go online and you can make a comment either in the federal register or if it's simpler we're a part of a national coalition called housing saves lives and you can actually go to a website it's housingsaveslives.org And it's got a whole comment generator where you can go in and actually submit comments in opposition to this rule. And the due date for that is um, September 22nd. So there are just a couple of days left for people to actually go in and say, hey, this is wrong. (laughs) We think transgender people should have access to anything that they need to get housing. And we hope Mm -hmm. that your listeners will join us in these efforts. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, can you give us an update maybe on the housing situation? You know, how many veterans are still on the streets? You know, just give us some of the base uh, raw statistics about what we're still facing. Yeah, so at last count, the last data released by the federal government was data from January of 2019. We haven't seen the 2020 data yet, but in January of 2019, there were just about 37,000 veterans experiencing homelessness on any given night. That's 
Oh my goodness. One is too many. Yeah. But thirty seven. Give us that again. Thirty seven thousand veterans on any given night experience homelessness. Thirty seven thousand. Uh, was that was that a result of the point uh in in time count? It sure so, is, um, Cooper. Yeah. So so actually the number may even be higher mm-hmm. because if you if you weren't in a shelter or on the street on that at, at that time when they counted then. Uh, so it may even be more. And one of the things I do want to point out, especially for you, Cliff, and me, is that the aging veterans are becoming a growing number of the homeless population. We are mm-hmm. increasing because a lot of us live too long and um, insurances run out, um, oh, other oh, kinds boy. of things happen. And you end up homeless. Who, you know, I'm, I, I often say, "Dang, man, I'm, I messed around and lived to be 79 years old just to face homelessness if I live much longer, right?" So wow, wow. It, it's a it's a it's a growing issue. Also, I, I think I, I may not uh, I may not have understood you correctly, uh, Mr. Cooper, but it sounded like you said that uh, mm. the problem was you were having. Well, it's the same one I'm having. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you live too long, I'll tell you, I'm <laughs> Well, you know, we're blessed. We're yeah, that's blessed true. Yeah. Yep, yep. Depends how. I didn't want to look at this, but I, 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 could, I couldn't let that go past, you know. <laughs> that's right. Well, you folks are doing a great job, though, that's for sure. Yeah. Because there's so much more. To be done, and, and hopefully, you know, there will be it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cliff, I was wondering, you know, how how can uh, how can we as veterans who are out there help the homeless veterans? You Good know, w- what can be done? Because it's not just a homeless veteran. Sometimes now we're finding families on well, the street. W- one way we do it is through American Heroes Group. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> well, we, I just want to remind you of that, Doc. Yes, yeah, yes, right sir. yes, sir. But, and <laughs> yeah, but is there something else that? Uh, Karen or Ralph, that do you think we can do? Kevin, tell them about the, um, they can donate and help. Yeah. And donate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. donate, sure. And, so, and, there and join. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and well, join. So there are lots of things that you can do that are NCHV specific, right? Whether that means supporting our efforts with a financial donation, joining mm-hmm. us as a member, or supporting our efforts in any other way. I mean, there are also local organizations in every community that you could donate to, and many of them are NCHV members who could also use the support. But I will give you a couple more things, um, particularly if you're someone who um, employs people or is a landlord. I would say choose veterans first, right? So Mm -hmm. if you've got a job, (laughs) look around to see if you know a veteran who you can hire. If you have, like, a rental property, Mm -hmm. see if someone's got a veteran who could take the property. Makes sense. Yes. I want to thank both of you. You're doing a great job, and uh, Mm -hmm. we will uh, certainly thank you for giving us this information, and we'll be talking to you again soon. All right. Thank you for having us. Thank you you for having us. And Cliff, I'm going to go to www.nchv2020.com when I get home.
That's right. <laughs> hey. All right. Hey, listen, you. listen. Karen, uh, Ralph, are you all still there? We're here. Yes. Yeah, okay. Because we, uh, we, we, call, we still had some little time left. Oh, okay. Okay, so we can keep. What, so what do we it, have any call-in? Uh, we haven't got any call-in yet. We'll, we'll announce the number. In, in the meantime, yes. uh, R- Ralph, give us some more information. Yeah. On um, what we what we can be doing, yeah, and to what, help what, out, yeah, and what kind of programming you have, and what you know, what how can people? Oh, oh, okay, yeah, you know, how can people get in touch with well, you? Well, in Houston, in Houston, Texas, we have one of the largest housing uh, programs for homeless veterans. We ha- we serve about five hundred homeless, well, previously homeless because now they're being housed, and we have a transition program, a grant per diem program on site run by U.S. Vets, which uh, has uh, about 74 units with two or more people in them that come off the streets into transition and try to find them jobs and help feed them and get them clothes and get them back to be able to be independent livers again uh, um, in, in this country because as someone mentioned, one homeless veteran is too many. Yes, yes. And so um, we 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 sometimes get right from that group. Uh, we have housing, independent housing. Um, sometimes it's SROs, and they can graduate from the street through the program into permanent housing. Mm-hmm. That's good. You know, you know, a lot of our yeah. uh, veterans out there in the, who are homeless also, uh, because of uh, the kind of combat we're seeing right now, you have people who have lost arms and legs and, you know, they have uh, traumatic brain injury. Mm-hmm. And are you seeing more of that in the homeless population right now? And, you know, how is that taken care of? Because it seems as though they might need some kind of specialized housing or some, some kind of way of uh, putting them in housing that uh, meets their needs as well. Yeah, so I think what I can say is that this current generation of veterans does seem to have some specific needs, but more broadly than that, I think just homelessness ages people, right? So you may see someone who presents as, you know, a homeless person. They might only be 50, but they show up with conditions that you would normally see in someone who is, 10 to 15 years older mm-hmm. than them just because yes, being outside ages you that much quicker. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. So I, I think mm-hmm. we have, as a national movement, made a lot of progress towards increasing our supply of permanent supportive housing, which is permanent housing that comes with supportive services and case management, kind of like the housing that Mr. Cooper operates on a day-to-day basis Mm -hmm. so that we're giving folks more support than they'd get in, you know, just your average setting. Let me give a number Mr. Cooper also mentioned. Uh, Was there a number they could call? They can call us right now, (coughs) 773-591-1690. Somebody wants further information, 773-591-1690. Question Mm -hmm. to either of you. Um, you know, a lot of us, we're veterans, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, we get a little, uh, in fact, uh, the colonel and I were both in a news conference this morning 
uh, people get a little upset over what goes on now relative to the national government mm-hmm. and uh, saying all kinds of things to soldiers that certainly are not helpful. Do you, you have any comment on that? Well, number one, because uh, the National Coalition for Homeless Veterans is a nonprofit, profit. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. We cannot talk yeah, about gotcha. partisan politics, but right. we can mention this: mm-hmm. is that as a Vietnam veteran, I know when I came home, I caught hell from everybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you know, it it, uh, it mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of. Uh, what we went through, we were spat on. We couldn't catch a cab. I lived in Roxbury, Massachusetts, mm-hmm. and you couldn't catch a cab from the uh, airport. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. And so things, you know, things like that. Anytime there's this, they're disparaging men and women who put their life on the line. I mean, can you imagine someone saying, yeah. "I'm willing to die for you"? I don't even know you, mm-hmm. but I'm willing to die for you so that you can have freedom, and you want to. Because I had, did, didn't look a certain way or whatever, or you looked at me and, you, you know, you didn't go, you're mad, say things about me, disparaging remarks, that's terrible. So yes, we don't uh, condone uh, any of that kind of stuff because we've been there. Mm-hmm, Vietnam mm-hmm. veterans have already experienced that. And so to have these men and women coming out, these young men and women who right now that are dying for us, to have them even hear anything in the air like that mm-hmm. is horrible and horrendous. Makes a lot of sense. This is a question that I don't know how it kind of fits in with this uh, National Hispanic Heritage Month. How does that fit in? Mm-hmm. Either of you? Yeah. Do, do, do you see a special need, you know, because of the linguistic uh, issues that are going on with some yeah, of the homeless veterans? And, yeah. Well, one of, one of the things that we, we just had, uh, uh, COVID took out one of the greatest Hispanic veterans known, uh, Carlos, uh, <clears throat> Carlos Martinez, who mm-hmm. was a, is a part of uh, the GI Forum, which is a Hispanic-run agency. Mm, okay. uh, as a matter of fact, they're congressionally chartered. So mm-hmm. um, we so we we work very closely with them. They're they're all over the country, and so anybody who's <clears throat> Hispanic or wants to get involved at that level, contact the GI Corps. Okay. Yeah, that's you know that's really interesting because mm-hmm. I'm glad Cliff brought that up because um, one of the things we was mentioning earlier was that we're one blood, we're one mission, we're one force, and no matter mm-hmm. what branch you served in, as long as you put that military uniform on, you are a part of my family. Mm-hmm. You know, a brother and a sister, whether you're black, white, <laughs> Hispanic, no matter does you know that's Asian, right. you right. are still part right. of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And the blood still runs red. That's, that's right. right. That's right. Very, <laughs> very, very well put. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I certainly want to thank uh, both of you mm-hmm. for giving us this information. Yes. Yeah, I did a wonderful job. Uh, I, I feel so gr- I'm grateful, and I want to commend both of you uh, for what you're doing for our veterans out there. Uh, it is something that um, is not only the saving their lives, it's saving our national honor and, and, our, and the valor that they showed on the battlefields. Um, uh, should be uh, revered when they come back. Mm-hmm. And th- that's why I actually joined the military. I, th- I mentioned this before the cliff. 
but I joined the military because I'm a physician, mm-hmm. and I was taking mm-hmm. care of people in the VA hospital, yeah. and I was I was I was just like mm-hmm. floored about how people were being taken care of. I got so angry. My father, my uncle served in World War II. And I got so angry, I joined the military that week <laughs> when I first got on that war. Oh, man. And I, so you a doc, you a doc, man. When I got my medications with me, I had to tell them, don't call me a bag, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, I want to thank you both. Thank you so much for being with us. Yep. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.